Welcome to The Augmentation of Man with Kent and Renee Miller, where we are bringing the future. And today we're going to be talking about your needs or your wants. And so um, this is a good one for Christmas time um, and gives us something to, to t think about with our spirituality and um, how materialism may get in the way of our spirituality. We live in a different world today. Uh, we don't live in so-called caves or everything is based on a monetary system today, whether it's from a poor country or a rich country, everything is based on a monetary system and we need money to exchange what we think we want or need. Mm -hmm. So we need like a roof over our heads, food, um, clothing, shoes, things like that. Um, but where do we draw the line between well, what we need and what we want? Because sometimes that, that becomes a fuzzy line. The advertising world, the corporate world, tries to dictate what we need, but actually dictates what we want to entice us. Mm -hmm. Well, you can see that with all the commercials, right? Yeah. So every, every commercial is about buying something. Exactly. So what's Christmas? Mm -hmm. It's a man's desire for more. And that was explained to us by the ancients. So um, this is the way that they view it, is that Christmas is man's desire for more. And then that was followed by re the word remuneration. And that was a clue telling us that our thoughts are going to be corrected. And with that, the thoughts are corrected mathematically to a new understanding of why we are here and um, what our task is at hand so that we can migrate away from the consumerism and the materialism to the real purpose for our being here on this um, experiential uh, learning plane. Well, one of our pet peeves is the rich are always lecturing the poor what they think they need or an environmental or whatever, rather than the people listening and deciding themselves what they need. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I guess where this comes from is when you see somebody from Hollywood on stage uh, lecturing us about environmental issues, when in reality they have homes that are like 10,000 square feet, and they've got multiples of homes that are very large. And all of those homes take resources from the earth to not only construct, but also to keep going. You have to replace things, you have to keep things up, you have to repaint, and you also have to heat and, um, and cool those. And so there's some hypocrisy there if, uh, if someone is truly serious about the environment, then they're going to um, have one home and that home's gonna be a reasonable size. It's not gonna be more than 3,000 square feet at, or you know, even smaller than that. Is where um, we can, this is where we can use a barometer for if somebody is um, truly serious about the environment, are they flying around in jets all over the place? 
So, so um, they, they, they talk about um, credits, climate credits, and they have so many climate credits, but they get in their private jet and they fly all over the world. And so um, here their wants are um, over or exceeding what their needs are. And they may uh, know what they should be doing, but they're not practicing it. Yeah. Okay, so um, we have also been taught, here's another misnomer, that uh, manifesting our desires can be a spiritual experience. And this teaching we have been taught by the ancients, um, this teaching comes from lower vibrational entities. And so um, it really gets down to um, what we need to learn to expand our consciousness. And so the higher beings, you can tell if you are communicating with the spiritual world, you can tell who the higher beings are by the ones who want to teach. They're yeah. not going to guide you in the material world. Yeah, the, the wants are guided by the lower beings, the lower entities that give you those thoughts, not by the higher spirits, such as the native people the Hopi, the Zuni, the Apache, those people are guided by higher spirits. So you have to decide what spirit is guiding your life. So the only thing we take with us when we leave this world is our expanded understanding. And of course, you know, we're not taking anything material with us. So that should give us the, you know, the clue as to where we should put our focus. So do we envy the rich? Do we say, oh, I wish I, do they have any problems? Oh, I wish I could be rich so I could have all these houses or, or a yacht or whatever. Because they see, um, they think the, they seem to think the rich have no problems because they have all this money, which is a total misnomer. Yeah, well, the, the rich have their share problems, too. But, um, you know, you have to consider the fact that everything that we buy and is in our possession requires upkeep. And so we can become a prisoner to our stuff. Right. Because all of that stuff has to be stored. It has to be, be maintained. maintained and there's an expense to that too. Um, so um, just trying to look at the bigger picture here. So um, what the guides have told us is that greed sustains an entrapment that is steering us away from moving into being a conceptual being, um, which is our next step for humanity. Well, the royalty separates the self and becomes destructive. Yeah, and um, that was another message that they had given us. So um, when you start treating yourself like your royalty, then that becomes self-destructive. And um, well, we'll just leave it at that. 
Um, greed does not add to the growing conscious value of the higher self. So as we're going through our experiences here on earth, we're contemplating them there. We're coming to understand what led up to an event, um, why an event occurred in our lives individually or collectively, then that, um, that new understanding is added to the consciousness of the higher self. And that is where the value is. Our whole value as a being, it lies in our ability to accumulate this understanding on the soul level. I had a very difficult time meditating while we were in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and in Sedona. And Renee asked a question to our mentors, why did I have such a difficult time? Mm -hmm. And so, um, first of all, that area is an area of, of materialism. And what they were saying was that greed sustains the energy of conceptual non-being, meaning that um, we cannot actualize as this uh, a um, wiser um, conceptual being while we're focused on all these material things. Yeah, people tend to lose their self-worth at this point when they're when they concentrate mm -hmm. on the material goods. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's um, it's. The self-worth is always in your expanding consciousness. Um, also, um, the greed separates us from the oneness. It becomes all about acquiring um, stuff. It's about me instead of about um, becoming one with all that is. And um, that's where we need to move into is trying to become one with everything. So um, the guiding entities, the ones, the higher entities who teach, if we are too consumed with the material world, they will not pay us attention. They will not give us the, um, the higher understanding because our focus is on lower level um, uh, interests. Well, materialism becomes ineffective. Mm -hmm. Sedona, Arizona, and Abor, Texas have been moved. A lot of people in Sedona don't realize it. They think, yeah. they think the vortexes are still there and they talk about, they do meditation, all this in the vortexes. The vortexes have actually been moved. They told us where they are. <clears throat> so, um, that is caused by this um, self-indulgence, the look-at-me um, attitude, and the uh, consumerism. And so when you have a concentration of that in an area, then that can actually cause the vortexes, spiritual vortexes that are there for communication with the spirit world, it can cause those vortexes to move. And so we have been told that um, the, the people who are selling the vortexes in Arizona as a part of the tourism industry, 
have actually downgraded the value of the vortexes. And so um, that the greed, the self-indulgence, and the um, using the vortexes for lower level um, need, which is an income, um, is actually forcing the vortexes out of that area. So it's important to get back to the ancient spiritual ways. Mm -hmm. um, many of the native people are still there, but the people outside the native people, many do not understand where they're coming from. We have to embrace the spiritual ways of the native people, the ancient ones. So, and a lot of that is just being observant of our environment. So one, um, one example of that would be, um, we were watching some, uh, a flock of um, geese and they were all foraging for themselves and getting along well. And then I decided that I was going to feed them some breadcrumbs. <laughs> and what happened? All of a sudden they started fighting each other. And so my intervention um, caused an imbalance in the natural, peaceful um, state of the, um, the geese. And instead, they all started fighting over something that they were getting for free, that they didn't have to work for. And I stepped back and I had to think about this in terms of humans. Do humans do this? Do we, when we're getting something for free and we haven't put the work into it to get it for ourselves, do we start fighting over it? in the same sort of way. I think all life acts the same when you get stuff free and you don't have to work for it. You don't put the value on it that it needs to be. Mm -hmm. So um, that's just a, a little um, example of how we can learn from nature and see um, the lessons of this interconnected environment that we live in. And so um, the Native Americans tend to, to look at their world as a big classroom and they watch the animals and they watch the weather patterns and they're in tune with it. And so um, they see when things have changed much sooner than the rest of us who were bottling ourselves up inside, but they're also looking at the lessons from the squirrels, from the fox or the coyote. Most native people understand what they need for survival and what they actually want. They understand that. And uh, people outside their units, unfortunately, will give them what they think they need or what they think they want. And usually it's wrong because we're imposing our value system on someone else. Here's a question to ask yourself. Say, do I need this 
does this need to be replaced at this time or can it wait? <laughs> Ask that question. Do I need this? Does it need to be replaced at this time and can it wait? So for example, this brings up, this was an event that we went through and that was we had a repairman come out to fix our refrigerator. And while he was here, I asked him, why is our washing machine making all this noise? And he explained that eventually that there was a certain problem that came out of that sort of a noise. And eventually the wash machine would have to be replaced because the cost to fix it would be more than um, what a, new, a brand new washing machine would, would cost. And so we were at, um, it was a holiday weekend and they were having appliances on sale. So we decided, you know, well, maybe this is the time to go get a new appliance before it runs out, yeah. before it breaks down. And we thought we needed it, but we kind of want, made a want out of it too. But it was more generated by, we've got a sale, let's get it now while it's on sale. And so, um, we ordered it, but then all these obstacles started coming into this path. You know, it wasn't delivered on the day it was supposed to be delivered on. And when they finally got it here, there was a dent in it and we refused it. But then after that, the spiritual guidance came through and said, do not listen to man. And that the guidance was, you don't need it now. And so when we look at our desire to replace something because it's just an older model or because it's noisy, but it's still functioning, then um, we are satisfying a want rather than a need. It's been over, maybe close to a year and a half, but over a year that that machine has been making noise and it still does laundry just fine. Yes, it still works. So um, these are things that we have to consider when we're thinking about becoming more of a conscientious person that is working to protect the earth because when we, every purchase that we make, the things that go into making that item have to be mined out of the earth. And so when we're talking about the environment, we're really talking about how much mining we have to do in order to make all these products. Yeah, you can't just think of you. You gotta think of the whole. You know, there's thousands of units that are being made every day that's taking things out of the earth to make these things. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts or are your thoughts consumed with your next purchase or your next want? Yes. And, and that's something that we really need to assess is am I being consumed with my next purchase? Are my thoughts being directed in that way? And how can I consciously redirect my thoughts? And where should I redirect them? And that is on the learning, 
the learning experience, getting out in nature, observing the animals and what they're doing, observing the weather patterns and how it impacts our lives, but also how humanity has impacted um, the animals' lives. Yeah. Now, you only need one nice house. There's nothing wrong with having a nice house or a, a decent car, a nice car. But when you have several houses and an airplane, you can't, you don't think you can take aircraft like commercial um, instead of your private jet. If you have all these different things that you don't need, that's a what, how many people are going to look at that? Unfortunately, not many. Those that are conceding to what we're saying will probably be happier. The true environmental issues go beyond carbon. Carbon is natural. We've talked about this before. We have to really look at what is damaging the earth. And so um, the mining is, is very damaging and they use chemicals in the mining process that contaminate the environment. Um, we're digging up the earth. We're taking minerals out of the earth that the earth, it has purpose there. So for example, the, the, um, the silver and the gold actually add to the structural integrity of the crust. And so when you start mining all this out, what happens? Humanity doesn't understand the full ramifications of what we're doing here on earth. We focus on things like carbon, but carbon is natural. We need to start looking at those things that cause an unnatural imbalance in our environment through chemical exposure. And that is in turn harming us in our health, but also yeah. harming the, the natural environment and animals too. So with that, <laughs> I hope you understand what we're trying to say. The need should overwhelm the want in your life. We ask you to think about the questions that we put forward and we uh, thank you for being with us on this journey. And um, I just wanted to um, close with saying that our two books um, in the Augmentation of Man series, they are in, available on Amazon. They are on sale through the end of the year. And that is um, A Study in Renaissance and The Acquiescence of Humanity. And so um, I just want to... Um, describe the acquiescence of humanity um, just briefly. And it talks about the transformation coursing its way throughout the universes. Um, and it's bringing a whole new learning field for humanity. We will come to understand that Earth is a living laboratory and that we have a, a history with extraterrestrials that goes way back. Our DNA was altered in the distant past and that now we're going to go through 
um, a great genetic change, and that is through multiple ways and means. Um, this new genetic expression will allow us to more efficiently communicate with the universe and other universal entities for a greater expansion of universal consciousness. And so there's more, there's much more to this. The information is vast in these books and um, we encourage you to check it out on Amazon. Anyway, we thank you for joining us today. And as always, peace be with you on your journey to enlightenment. Have a great day and a wonderful holiday.